Well, good morning, everyone, and a warm welcome to All Saints this Easter day. If we haven't yet met, my name's Tom. I'm one of the curates here at All Saints, and I'd love to meet you after the service if we haven't yet met, so please do come along and say hi. Uh, today, we celebrate the fact that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and that makes today a great day to talk about hope, and especially hope in the face of tragedy and disappointment. Because the, the Easter story is so familiar to us, isn't it? We've heard it many times. Uh, and it can be so easy to forget the difference that Easter actually makes. Perhaps quite easy to think that Easter makes little difference in our day-to-day -day reality. Uh, and certainly quite easy to forget the difference that, the, that Easter made that very first day that we read about in our passage here. And hope shines brightest against the, the darkest of backdrops. Uh, this week, Sarah and I heard some tragic news about some family friends. You may have um, seen the story. It was picked up by BBC and by ITV. Um, but you may, so you may have seen or read about the deaths of Toby and Millie Saville in a buggy accident on Santorini earlier this week. Um, Toby and Millie were both 26. They were teachers in South London. They'd been married just two years. And they'd rented a buggy an hour before, driven up to the top of a very steep ravine, and in some kind of accident, we don't know exactly what happened. Um, something went wrong, and they ended up tumbling down to the bottom of the ravine and dying on impact. And the last few days, tributes have been pouring in from all of their friends and family, testifying to the joy that Toby and Millie both brought to their devotion to each other, um, and the joy that, and the confidence that they had in their faith in Jesus. And their deaths are a tragedy. There's no word to do it justice, is it? It's a, it's a senseless waste of young lives with so much before them. And it's hard to know how to respond. But all of us will have heard similar stories or known those who've died early or too young or in difficult circumstances because death is the oldest and worst enemy of the whole human race. And it reminds us, I think, a tragic death like Millie and Toby's, just how much we need the hope that Jesus offers in his resurrection. It was, um, it was Benjamin Franklin, I think, who first said that nothing in life is certain except death and taxes. But while we must all day, all one day face death, we do not need to do so without hope. Uh, and hope is it's hardwired into us. We literally cannot live without it. Hope is the, the bedrock of our, our well-being. And when all we hold dear shifts, when we lose that which we had counted on, when we face the hardest tests, it's hope that we need, isn't it? But not just some kind of wishy-washy hope. We need a hope that is stronger than groundless optimism. We need a hope that can stare death in the face and not blink. Hope that, hope that is sure, hope that is certain. And Jesus captivates the human race, has done so for the last 2,000 years, because in his life and his words and ultimately in his resurrection, he promised a hope that was stronger even than death. And I'd just love to ask you this morning, do you know that hope this Easter day? Is that a reality in your lives? Can you say that you know the difference that the Easter story makes? Or have you not yet grasped it? 
I'd like to read you some words that Millie wrote. They, they were republished this week in honour of her memory. She wrote this two years ago when she would have had no idea of what was to come round the corner. And I think that makes them all the more powerful. Um, so, here, Millie. Last May, my granddad died. And while this was very sad, I am so grateful for the time I had with him on the afternoon that he passed away. All he wanted to do was talk about what Christ had done for him and the importance of living a life in right relationship with God. Grandad was certain in the hope that he had in Jesus Christ, that his sins had been paid for and that he was soon to be with Christ in heaven. I realized that this was how I wanted to meet death. Not in fear or guilt, but in dignity, in peace, and in assurance that I was going to be raised with Christ in glory. How wonderful it is that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God paid a high price for me, and so I can say with certainty, like my granddad and the Apostle Paul, that for me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And even as this week we mourn Millie and Toby, those words and the promise of the resurrection give us a comfort and a hope that is stronger even than the tragedy of their deaths. That one day we will all of us see them in glory when we too are raised to be with Jesus. That right now they are enjoying the bliss of eternity with their saviour, enjoy with him forever. And that that isn't just wishful thinking, not just pie in the sky, not just a groundless hope, but grounded in confidence in events that actually happened in history 2,000 years ago that give us all resurrection hope. So what difference does Easter make? What difference the resurrection? Well, in the face of news like we received this week, all the difference in the world. In the face of the news you may have woken up to this morning of over 100 Christians killed in bomb attacks in Sri Lanka, all the difference in the world. Because death is not an enemy that has won, it is an enemy that has been defeated, and we have hope of life eternal with Jesus. So would you turn with me to our passage in John chapter 20? And I'd just love us to see two differences that Jesus' resurrection makes, the difference of peace in our lives right now and a sure hope beyond the grave. And we pick up the story in verse 19, where the disciples on the very first Easter day 2,000 years ago are not celebrating. They are locked away in an upper room in fear of the authorities. Because we can so easily forget that on the very first Easter day, the disciples were not expecting to celebrate. Good Friday was not Good Friday as far as they were concerned. It was Bad Friday. As far as they were concerned, everything that they'd given up for was in vain. Jesus was a fraud. He wasn't who he thought it was. The movement was at an end. They were going to be next. They were expecting for a knock on the door and to come and be arrested. For the disciples, everything was lost because Jesus had died. And then Jesus appears in their midst, and the first thing he says in verse 19, peace be with you. Then he says it again in verse 21, peace be with you. And then when he appears again in verse 27, peace be with you. Peace, peace, peace. Because Jesus is risen, and that means that he is alive. It means that we can know him. It means that he's present with us. It means that the cross was a victory. It means that Jesus 
can be with us no matter what the situation we face, no matter whether it's the fear like the disciples were experiencing, the grief that Mary was experiencing at the tomb weeping. Whatever it is, Jesus comes and to us he speaks peace because he's alive. He says to them, receive the Holy Spirit, God's empowering presence never to leave us. The difference Easter makes is that right now, each of us can hear God speaking to us peace. Know that no matter what it is that we're facing, with Jesus alongside us, we can face it with confidence. For me, it's the difference of waking up every morning and no matter what happens, I can look forward to the day ahead and say everything today is going to be okay. Even if everything is falling apart in my relationships, everything falling apart at work, even if there's problems with health or family or whatever it might be, I'm secure every morning when I wake up that God is with me, that he will never leave me and never forsake me, that he is alive and that he is reigning from heaven because Jesus is risen. And that's a bedrock of security and peace that nothing can shift. Do you know that security this Easter morning? Turning, following down in our passage, we see that Thomas didn't. Even after the disciples had already met with Jesus, they tell Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Everything's going to be okay. He's risen. And Thomas isn't sure. I don't think I'm named for him, Thomas. Uh, I don't think I'd have been sure either if somebody just said to me, by the way, it's all fine. Dead man's risen from the grave. I'd have responded exactly like this. Well, where's the evidence? Doesn't sound very rational. Doesn't sound very credible. And I'd just love to speak briefly to you if you're in that position here this morning. Um, if you recognize the wonderful news the resurrection would be, if you think it's a fantastic story, but you're just not sure if it's true, if it actually happened in history, if it's academically credible, if it's genuinely reliable, it's a very reasonable position, isn't it? It sounds incredible. But if that's you, I'd just love to urge you, to beg you really, to look into the evidence. Uh, it's what I did, and I was shocked as an undergraduate historian at the historical evidence, the strength of the case for the resurrection. And in May, we're going to be running some discussion groups, one on a Tuesday night, one on a Thursday morning, where we're just going to have a cup of tea and uh, read together, and we're going to discuss the evidence, look into the claims of Jesus, and see if they do stack up in history. If you're not sure that this is true, can I just urge you, it is, and there is evidence Thomas found some. I love the, the gentleness with which Jesus treats Thomas. He doesn't tell him off for his skepticism. He provides him with the evidence that he needs, says, touch my hands, see my side. The evidence is there if you would like to discover it. I'd love you to come and join me on a Thursday morning or a Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening to engage with that in May, and the details are on the back of your service sheet. First difference that the resurrection makes gives us peace in our day-to-day -day reality, right here and right now, whatever we face, because Jesus is alive and he's reigning and he's ruling the world from heaven and he is with us because he didn't stay dead. But the second difference the resurrection makes is perhaps even better. Turn to the end of our passage and in verse 31, John is concluding his gospel. He says, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John says that he's written this whole book of stories about Jesus' life so that we might believe and trust in Jesus. And he's, he's talking about the whole thing, Jesus' birth, his life, his words, his death. But most of all, he's talking about Jesus' resurrection because it was Jesus' resurrection from the dead 2,000 years ago, fully on the pages of history that demonstrates that what he said 
was true and that the hope he offers is real. It's the resurrection that proves that the cross was a victory and not a defeat, that our sins are paid for. It's the resurrection that proves that Jesus is Lord, not a liar or a lunatic, not merely a good moral teacher. He is. It's the resurrection that proves that we have a sure and certain hope of life beyond death. Until the resurrection, in verse 19, the disciples are convinced that all they'd hoped for is lost. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ did not rise, we are more to be pitied of all pe- than all people. But he did. In um, the 1400s, the whole of Europe was trying to find a trade route with India. The saffron and the silk and all of the riches of India through to Europe where they were trading at a premium. And that's why Columbus sailed across the Atlantic to try and find a route to India, but all he found was America. And the explorers kept trying to sail around the bottom of Africa, but time after time the ships were wrecked. Nobody could get past that bottom tip of Africa, and it was called the Cape of Storms. Shipwreck guaranteed. But then in 1498, a Portuguese Um, a Portuguese explorer, Vasco da Gama, he managed for the first time to get round the Cape of Storms, to sail to India, to load up a cargo, to come back, and to return to Europe saying it can be done, the passage can be made, there is a route and I've come back to prove it. And they renamed the Cape of Storms, the name that it still holds today. I wonder if you know the name, it's now called the Cape of Good Hope. Because someone had tell us what on the other side. As I finish this morning, I just want to ask, do you know that hope? The hope that our day-to-day struggles will not last forever. We will be, live in peace with Jesus for eternity. That our battles with disease will not last forever. That we will live with him in resurrection bodies, new and well. That our life on earth is not all that there is. That what we do and who we are has meaning that outlasts the grave. That we have hope even in the face of tragedy, of disappointment, even of death. Because Jesus has conquered the grave and our storms now end in hope. That is the hope that Toby and Millie knew. That meant they could face death with dignity, with confidence, and means that even now we know with certainty that they are celebrating with Jesus in glory. That's what the over 100 Sri Lankan Christians who were blown up while we slept this morning worshipping Jesus in their churches knew and are experiencing right now the hope of eternity with their Lord. It's what the disciples knew when they were martyred for their faith, Peter and Paul executed by Nero within 12 months of each other. They knew that through his cross and resurrection, Jesus that we have eternal life in his name, that death is not the end, but the beginning of true life. St. Teresa of Avila said that compared to heaven, the whole of our life on earth is like one night in a bad hotel. Feels like it goes on forever, but the dawn does come. Tolkien put it beautifully at the end of The Lord of the Rings. He put the words into the mouth of Sam Gamgee when Sam realizes that Gandalf hasn't died but is allied. Sam asks with wonder, he says, is everything sad going to come untrue? Well, in the resurrection, yes, it will.
when we are with him. In this life, we will face disappointments, but we need not give way to despair because Jesus is risen from the grave and he gives us peace in the present and hope for eternity. So my question is, how will we respond to him this morning? Thomas has modeled it for us. When he sees the evidence, when he realizes it's true, he falls to his knees and he cries out, my Lord and my God. Will we live like that? Will we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, trust in him and him alone, follow where he goes, live by his word, trust in his promises, look to him for peace in our realities right now, whatever it is we face? Jesus Christ is Lord. Will we let that truth define our reality this Easter day and every day from now on? Will we come before him and receive forgiveness for our sins, life eternal, peace in the present and hope for the future? For Jesus Christ is risen today. What difference does Easter make? All the difference in the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that this day you are risen from the grave. We thank you that death could not hold you down. We thank you that the cross is a victory and our destiny is with you forever, secure in your arms. We pray that today and this week you would help us to remember always the difference that Easter makes, to hope in your resurrection and to trust in you as our Lord and our God. Amen.